the atmosphere. It was like you were at a game. I've really grown to really valuing and, and loving working with young people every day. Spartan Speak. My name is Dorian Thompson and I'm part of the class of 2014. This podcast is brought to you by the Office of Alumni Engagement to review our alumni and the great things that they're doing for the community along with our greater Greensboro campus community. This special segment of Spartan Speaks is brought to you by the Office of Leadership and Civic Engagement where they hosted a special conversation with UNCG men's basketball coach Wes Miller about his leadership in action and how he inspires Spartans to be their best on and off the court. Stay tuned for this conversation. Hello from the Office of Leadership and Civic Engagement at UNC Greensboro. My name is Zach Bell and I'll be your host today. Today I'll be interviewing UNC Greensboro's men's basketball head coach, Wes Miller. Before we get started, I'll share a little bit about our office and what we do. The Office of Leadership and Civic Engagement prepares students to serve as change makers. We develop, promote, and advance civic engagement, leadership development, and meaningful service to create positive social change. If you want to learn more or stay in touch, you can follow us on social media or check out our website. With no further ado, I'd like to introduce Coach Wes Miller. All right, Coach. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me today, Zach. Yes, yes. So uh, just to start out, could you tell uh, our listeners or people who may not follow UNCG men's basketball exactly who Coach Wes Miller is? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm sure some of that depends on who you ask and what their perspective is. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just a guy that loves the game of basketball. I've been passionate about it since I can remember as, as a young kid. And, you know, I always say I'm somebody that is fortunate enough as an an adult uh, that I get to wake up and do what I love to do every day. I don't feel like I've ever worked a day in my life. Um, So I love the game of basketball. I've I've really grown to really valuing and and loving working with young people every day and and being a part of their, their process of growth, not just on the basketball court, but holistically throughout their life. Uh, and then, and then I'm also, you know, I, I think a lot of times when you're in, in a position as a public figure locally, you're just kind of viewed in that, in that role that you're in, but I'm a no, pretty normal guy. I like, like to hang with friends and family and, uh, I, I like to play golf. I'm pretty competitive. So if there's a, a sport or a game that I can compete in and I can't do that on the basketball court anymore physically. So I like to get out and play golf and go to the beach and, go to the mountains and go snow skiing and hiking. So I, I think when you get past, you know, my role and my identity as a basketball coach, which is a, a huge part of who I am, I think I'm just pr- a pretty normal, fun-loving guy as well. Uh, very cool. Uh, where do you like to golf at in Greensboro? Well, I, you know, I like kind of like to play anywhere. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate to be a member at Greensboro Country Club. So if I, if I play golf and uh, as a basketball coach, you don't get quite as much time to do that year-round. But in those those times of the year, and for us, it's usually kind of May and June and August. If I play golf here locally, that's t- uh, typically where I play. Cool, cool. Um, so tell us, what made you realize or when did you realize that you wanted to become a coach? You know, it's, it's a really interesting question. I, 
I think if, if you ask me, you know, when I was in second or third grade or, or fourth or fifth grade, you know, the question, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? I would have, I would have said, I want to play professional basketball and then I want to coach basketball when I'm done playing. Um, and I think at that time, you know, I'm sure I believed it, but uh, I knew I was in love with the game of basketball. I, you know, I knew that I had a passion for the game of basketball and it was all stemmed on playing the game. I mean, I love playing the game of basketball. So, you know, I think it was just only natural that you can't play forever. And so when you're done playing, the natural progression is to go into coaching. So I think my whole life, I thought I wanted to coach. Um, I, I think it took a couple years after getting into coaching to really realize that's what I want to do, you know, because I, I think my perception of what coaching was and what it actually is was probably a little off. But after my first two years in coaching, I was fortunate to be an assistant at Elon at a really young age, 25, 26 years old. I was able to get an assistant coaching job, which is it's pretty rare in the division one ranks. And then I was, uh, we, our staff was let go after I was there for eight or nine months. And then I was fortunate to get on as an assistant at high point right after that. So my first two years at high point and Elon, I realized number one, there's a lot more that goes into coaching than just the game of basketball. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that took me a little time to get my head around. But after that two years, I, th I think I knew that this is what I wanted to, to, to do as a career full time and that I had the same kind of passion for, for coaching that, that I had developed my entire childhood for playing. Very cool. And are you from uh, North Carolina? I am born and raised. I, I was born here in Greensboro. Um, okay. My, my mother uh, moved my brother and sister and I to Charlotte when I was 10 years old, but my dad stayed here in Greensboro. So I, you know, I kind of split my formidable years between Charlotte and Greensboro. I spent my summers in Greensboro and went to school in Charlotte. Uh, but at this point, after being back in Greensboro for the last decade, you know, I've, I've spent the majority of my life here in Greensboro. And then obviously I went to, to college in Chapel Hill. So the majority of my life I have spent in the state of North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And then um, I can relate a little bit to the coaching thing. Um, I played football and ran track in high school and then, you know, very quickly uh, realized my limitations and uh, education's been my passion. And I uh, was a high school teacher for seven years. and I coached football and track for three years and um, kind of a similar journey. And then I just took um, a lot of my passion for mentorship and um, education and just have applied to the you know, education and now higher education. I, I love to hear that. And I think, you know, I have such a profound respect for teachers and um, because I, th I think what we're really trying to do as coaches, and, and you said this as, as a high school coach, we're trying to do as, as coaches is teach. You know, we're mm -hmm. trying to teach our game. And then we're trying to, to teach skills that are going to transcend in, into their lives. And I, and I think that's what teachers are doing in classrooms every day. So I have such a profound respect for that. And the thing that, that I always say with teachers is, you know, as coaches, we're doing the same thing, but we still get that reward of the game, <laughs> you know, to have a win or a loss. Teachers don't get that, but they still come in there every day and, and teach and give their give their heart to kids. And so I, I have such a profound respect for what you're doing. Well, thank you. And uh, there's something like more fulfilling about helping someone else get to their journey than even doing it yourself. And that's something that I found. Yeah, 100% agree. I, I, I tell young coaches all the time at clinics and things that, you know, I think having self-awareness is, is important. And 
that's a constant journey in life for me. But I, I, I do recognize that there's a there's a part of me that loves the, the competition and the high stakes of basketball. Like I'm, I'm not going to have college basketball. I'm not going to discount that. Uh, but we we've had some great moments here, Zach. We've cut down nets and you know, put up championship banners and stuff. Um, but that stuff can be fickle. I mean, the chase for it's pretty cool. And then we do it. There's some of the, the, the best moments I've had in my life. But the next day it wears off because you're just trying to get to the next thing. The stuff that's lasting is when you feel like you've been a part of, of, of somebody else's growth. You feel like in some small way you've helped somebody succeed in their life. And, and so I agree. That's the stuff that feels good about what we do. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is there's a big difference between success and fulfillment. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. So who would you say has had the biggest influence on your development as a leader or a coach? Well, probably my dad first, you know, or my, and my dad and my mom, my parents, um, you know, just, I was so fortunate to have great parents uh, growing up as a, as, as a, as a kid. And, you know, they, they, they held me accountable. They instilled the right values in me. And I think as, as you move into a adult and, and a professional career and into coaching, those values are apparent every day. Um, but when we get, when I get beyond that, Roy Williams at North Carolina uh, was my college coach. Um, I, I always say I'm one of these lucky people that the guy that is it was the strongest mentor in my professional life happens to be in the hall of fame you know he happens to be one of the greatest that's ever done it and you know that's just lucky i'm just i'm just lucky it worked out that way but he he's impacted me in in so many ways in a lot of ways he probably is unaware of uh just the example that he was for me as a coach and how he ran a program every day that's something that i draw on every day in the way that we try to do things here at UNCG and then just having, you know, I think when I, when I went to Carolina, you know, a lot of people, you know, question whether I'd ever be able to play there. And that was a legitimate question at the time. And fortunately it worked out and I found my way onto the court, but the reason that I made the decision uh, to go there was actually well, way beyond playing basketball is because I knew I wanted to coach and coach Williams was committed to helping me, you know, on that journey. And he's done that tenfold. Uh, he, he helped me while I was there, prepare me for coaching. He's, you know, helped me every step along the way. And, and I'm fortunate that we get to talk often. I still I went back and watched practice a couple weeks ago. I go back and watch practice every year and visit with him. And, you know, again, when I, my parents, number one and number two, no doubt about that. But when you get into, you know, actual professional mentors, our examples. I'm, I'm really fortunate to say Coach Williams has been that for me. Yeah, very cool. Um, and I know we've played some big ACC schools, but we haven't played or UNCG since you've been coaching. We played Carolina before. We have. We we played them three times. So when, when okay. I was hired, we coach was fortunate enough to do a three year a three year series with us. Um, we and, and he agreed to come play here in Greensboro at the Greensboro Coliseum. We didn't have a lot of success in those three games. I was they, they were very they were very humbling for uh, for the Spartans, um, but but it was it was neat, especially when we we played here in Greensboro and put sixteen seventeen thousand uh, fans in the Greensboro Coliseum for a UNCG basketball home game. Um, those weren't some of my most successful teams from a win loss standpoint. I 
I wouldn't say they're not some of the most successful teams because they were some of the building blocks of some of the things that we've done here the last four or five years. Uh, but we, we did not have success in those games. So I wasn't happy with the result. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all a part of the process. And like you said, you know, it was still like a building block moment and then getting all those people into the Coliseum is pretty big. Um, I know some of the big games that I've been to where it's been a quite a crowd has been, you know, the NC state wake forest, uh, usually around, you know, December is uh, when those big games are, but uh, yeah. What would you say is your favorite memory since being at UNCG? That's a tough one. Um, Cause there's been so many, um, you know, and there's so many different memories in different ways, right? There's been neat, neat memories from games. There's been neat memories from practices. Uh, there's been, you know, really cool memories from locker room celebrations. There's been really cool memories from, you know, moments that we get together as a team off the court in the summertime or going hiking or bowling. I mean, like we, we, we do a lot. We've had, we had a really cool foreign trip to Spain. I mean, I, I could go on and on, um, but just, just to not uh, completely avoid the question, I'd say just in a basketball sense and in an in-game sense, things that, that, that some of our fans could relate to. My neatest memory is in 2018, uh, we won the, the conference tournament, the Southern Conference uh, tournament at the end of the year in Asheville. Uh, we beat East Tennessee State in the championship game to go to the NCAA tournament. And just the, that memory is, is so special to me because it was the culmination of so much work to get to that point. I mean, a year ago on that day, we had lost at the buzzer to East Tennessee State in the same conference tournament with the same you know, automatic bid to the NCAA tournament on the line. So, you know, that basically that group of guys, you know, had their heart ripped out at the buzzer a year before and, and they worked their ta tails off to come back and, and overcome it. And it just happened to be against the same team and same program. So that was a really neat memory for us. And, you know, one of those moments that, you know, I, I think I'll never forget as a coach. Oh, yeah, and I can relate to that particular game. I was at uh, the watch party at Old Town, and uh, just the atmosphere, it was like you were at a game. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a, a very fun moment with us and friends. Well, we, we like to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're talking a little bit about uh, success. Uh, what does it, that mean to you? How would you define success? You know, I, I think some, it, it, you know, obviously there's, there's different contexts there and success in what area. But I, I think in, to answer a general question generally, you know, we define success here in our program is whether we had growth today. You know, the, we, we don't spend a ton of time talking about results. We spend a ton of time talking about growing today, you know, one day at a time. And we, we really try to compartmentalize that to, you know, one drill at a time, one rep in the weight room at a time you know, one class at a time, one study session at a time. And so we feel like if we will invest in that kind of a growth mindset every single day, you know, that, that we, we've achieved success that day and, you know, the results will come. And then that that's generally how we try to think about it here in, in our program. Yeah, and I think any other educators that are listening, that resonates a lot, you know, as far as uh, just the goal is always small incremental changes, um, a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. That's right. Yeah. And then, um, 
yeah, coming from like sports backgrounds, we have uh, a lot of experience with it and, you know, have seen some of those transferable skills. But uh, for those who may not be as familiar with basketball or other sports, what are some of those life lessons that come from athletics that you'd like to share? Oh, man, I, that, that's such a great question. Um, but, but a question that I think you could, we could spend this entire podcast answering, I, you know, sports in a lot of ways, and I, I can speak specifically to basketball. I mean, basketball, it's like a microcosm of life. It really is. Um, and I think there's, there's so many different ways we can apply life lessons to what's happening in the bat on the, within our program, on the basketball court every day in practice in games, et cetera. Um, but, the, but the area that, that I think is the, the easiest one to talk about or the most notable is this, this idea of, of adversity, right? I mean, every single day in our practice, you know, there is adversity. You know, there are moments that are challenging for us as coaches and players, and we have a choice of how we're going to handle that adversity, how we're going to respond to that adversity. Uh, and, and it's really, really neat to help young people try to figure out how to make the right choice. Uh, and then it's, it's really neat personally to continue to have to make the right choice when that adversity arises. And, and the idea from a, a basketball standpoint is we're training ourselves for how to handle that inevitable adversity in games and throughout a college basketball season. But, you know, as you mentioned, a bigger picture to it is, that's life, right? There's going to be adversity and hurdles and challenges in our lives. That's, that's completely inevitable. And we have a choice of, of how we're going to deal with that. And that, that happens every day in basketball and in athletics. And that, that'd probably be the first thing that I'd mention. but that, that could be a long, long answer if we wanted. We could probably have a podcast just on that discussion. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, and I know for me personally, like the whole adversity and resiliency piece has always been something that stuck with me. Uh, being something that, uh, or being a partisan that's bigger than yourself. And uh, lastly, just, uh, you know, this is probably playing golf a lot too, but there's no quick way to the top. It's a very slow process and it takes a lot of focus, dedication and sacrifice. That's right. Yeah. We, we uh, you know, that you're right. The team, the team first dynamic in team sports is incredible. And I, I always, tell employers when they're, they're thinking about hiring our former players, you know, that they, they already understand the value of being a part of a team and sacrificing for something that's bigger than themselves, you know, and I think that's one of the great lessons we learn in team sports. And as you mentioned in golf, which is not a team sport, but all, all these sports, like, you know, the, the process to the, to the top, is a long process like the man the man on the top of the mountain didn't land there is a, is a quote we use sometimes he didn't just magically appear at the top he had to climb and uh and that's a that's a long process so no i, I agree and again i think there's hundreds of, of life lessons and and correlations that apply directly to day-to-day -day life oh yeah absolutely uh so going off the adversity piece how has COVID impacted the basketball program, and then recruiting? Uh, it's kind of a big question, so we can break it up if you want to. Well, it, it's, it's certainly impacted our circumstances, you know, and we, we spend a lot of time with our guys trying to not be a, circumstan a circumstantial bunch, that we don't 
let our the circumstances surrounding us dictate our approach, our attitude, our mentality. Um, again, this is this is something we're trying to do. I mean, we're human. Um, so it's 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 completely impacted our circumstances. You know how we're able to meet, how we're able to train, when we're able to train. A lot of that summer stuff was was taken away from us. Um, even sometimes this fall, we, we've been shut down and things of that nature. The way in which we train, you know, I mean, we've had to rethink every way we practice to try to not, you know, be within six feet for more than a minute or two a day. Um, and that's hard when they're playing basketball up and down and that type of thing. So, I mean, the circumstances, it's changed in every way possible, Zach. You know, the, the mindset, the mentality and approach, we're trying not to let that change at all. You know, we have a strong value system here. And we are trying every day to stay true to that value system. And that starts with, as you, as we talked about earlier, that, that growth mentality one day at a time, the level of work ethic we bring to make that happen every day, the level of discipline that we try and accountability we try to apply every day in our program. You know, this attitude, uh, this of, of toughness or mentality of toughness, that's, that's a little bit physical, but, but more mental than anything else. And then, the, the notion of being team first, right? That every that everything we do has to be about the team before it's about ourselves. That that approach and that value system hasn't changed, even though all these crazy circumstances have. Yeah, and what I'm hearing is is, you know, exactly what you just said. It's the road might have gotten a little more difficult, but the end goal hasn't changed, and just how you're getting there has really had to change. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um. With recruiting, that's kind of like a nonstop year-round process. Has that pretty much all been moved to Zoom? It's the same thing. I mean, we we haven't since the the pandemic started back in March. We haven't been on the road recruiting. I actually, uh, my I had I got the last recruiting trip of the year in. Um, I think they shut recruiting down on a. I, I can't remember the exact date, but the second. Friday in March, I'd, I'd say it was, or the first or second Friday in March after our, the week after our conference tournament, um, they shut recruiting down at like noon Eastern time on a Friday. I met with Hayden Koval, who's a transfer that's with us now at like 10 a.m., you know, in Arkansas that that Friday. So, I mean, and the, and the pandemic had already happened. They had already canceled the season. I think they were a couple of days late to actually put the hold on recruiting because they were dealing with so many other things. So I got that last recruiting trip in and now we have a, a, a seven footer who's going to be a tremendous player for us this year. So I'm really thankful that I got that last trip in down to, to Arkansas to recruit Hayden. Um, but I have not been on the road since that Friday and since that, that breakfast meeting with Hayden uh, in Arkansas and that's really changed, right? We spend so much time out interpersonally evaluating players and, and prospective student athletes, whether it's evaluating mo most of the time their, their game, right? And seeing not just their skill level, but seeing how they respond to coaching, you know, how they respond to their teammates, how they, they handle tough moments. You know, we can still see their skill level on a, on a, on a tape or on film, Okay it's hard to see those other things when you're not there live. We also spend a lot of time recruiting in person, whether that's in their hometowns, you know, visiting with them in their homes and their families or them coming here to UNCG and visiting with us on campus, all that's been taken away. So recruiting has typically become two things. It's become watching a lot of film 
and it's become interacting with people the way that you and I are interacting now. And again, the, the goals and the day-to-day approach doesn't change, but the way in which we're doing it has, and that, and that has been a, a big challenge. Very cool. So uh, it's fortunate that you're able to take advantage of that very last moment. So I'm yeah, excited that, to see how that plays out. Not, not only fortunate that we were able to take advantage of it, but that it, it worked. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then Hayden actually came. And Hayden was recruited by, I mean, if you name a school, you know, a BCS school in the country, he led the nation in shot blocking last year at Central Arkansas. And he's a seven-footer that was a one-year transfer, you know, that would have a good chance to play right away, which he was granted by the NCAA to play right away for us. And, he, you know, he could shoot threes and he's skilled. And so whether it was like Gonzaga, Virginia, Texas, I mean, he had everybody in the country trying to get in touch with him to recruit him. And I, I and so I'm, I feel really fortunate that not only did I get to visit with him a couple hours before it got shut down, uh, but that he said yes and came, which is even more important. Yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, staying on the theme of leadership, uh, what leadership skills have been necessary in adapting to new challenges? Well, I think ad- adaptability, number one, right? I, you know, I, th- I think adaptability, learn, like learning, you know, we're, we're always trying to encourage the people around us to learn, our staff, our players, you know, we're, we're in this constant process of, of trying to get them to belief in the process of learning and growing. Well, we have to be doing that as, as leaders too. You know, I, one thing I always challenge myself on every year is I'm doing all this coaching who's coaching me you know when we talked about mentors and things of that nature but I need to be coached too I need to be invested in learning and growing too um and and I think during this process that we've been in this pandemic we need to be learning new ways uh to 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 coach to teach to operate our programs to lead and then I think we have to be really adaptable because there's so many things out of our control. And if we spend all of our energy worrying about these changes that are happening rapidly out of our control, you know, we're not putting our energy in an efficient place, which is how can we, you know, stay true to our values, stay true to the things that we believe in and, and not, not get too wrapped up in the circumstances. Yeah. Some very wise words. And it really also highlights the importance of values. Cause if you have a why you can figure out, any way to get to that why, which is uh, what I'm hearing a lot from you. And, uh, and it's easy to talk about, Zach. I mean, I, this, this stuff's really yeah. easy to talk about. The hard part is the execution of it. And I, I deal with, I, I, it's a challenge for me and for our program to execute the things that we're sitting here talking about. Uh, but, it, but so sometimes it sounds a lot easier than it actually is, but we're trying. Oh yeah. Um, so what are some other opportunities or lessons learned that have come out of COVID? Man, um, well, I, opportunities, you know, I, like, I think you, you bring up something that's so important that every challenge is an opportunity. You know, I, I really believe that every time we're going through something that's difficult, that's an opportunity for growth or learning and all that stuff. I, I think it's, you know, I, there's probably a, a number of things I could say. I, the, the first thing that comes to my head is it's been an opportunity uh, for me to rely more as a leader on my staff and rely more on our players. It, it's, it's, I've been able to 
uh, I, I've been accused of being a micromanager at times. I'm very intense and I like to have my hands in everything. And I've, I've tried to work in that area, but this pandemic has made it impossible to micromanage when you're not having that personal touch every day. And what it's done is it's helped me uh, delegate things, not just to staff members, but to our players and learn how to trust that those things are going to get done to, to our standard, to the standard that we expect. And I think that's really helped me in just in terms of a leadership. And I think I've seen it help the people around me feel more invested. Yeah, very cool. So uh, glad to glad to hear that. Um, is there anything else you would like listeners to know about you or the basketball program at UNCG before we wrap up with a little fun question? No, I'm, I think the only thing I would say to, to anybody listening to this is, we we uh we're not perfect UNCG basketball we we're very flawed so when, I, when anytime we're I'm doing a question and answer like this I think you know I, a, a lot of the things that I believe and have a lot of conviction about we're trying to execute those things it doesn't mean that we're, we are in every way we're just trying to do them to the best of our ability the other thing I would say is we're passionate about this institution I mean we, we take it really serious this UNCG on my chest we we take it really serious every day that we represent so many people and we represent uh, an institution that's about the right things. You know, every time we take the floor, every time we go out in the public and uh, not just myself and my staff, but our, our players and our former players take so much pride in being a, being a, a representative of this university. So we're, we're proud to be Spartans and, and we hope we're, you know, doing as good of a job we can to represent UNCG the right way. Yeah, and you know, I think it's an important lesson too for people just to hear that you're not always going to be on a straight and narrow path. You're going to fall off from time to time. There's going to be setbacks, and you just got to pick back up and do the best you can. Uh, so to wrap up, I actually have like two fun questions for you. Okay. I think I know the answer to the first one. MJ, Kobe, LeBron. <laughs> MJ for me because that's what I grew up watching I, I was born in 83 so my childhood was Michael Jordan and um, I'm as big of a Michael Jordan fanatic as anybody so uh, without a question MJ for me yeah, and I figured with the uh, Carolina connection but uh, then you got Kobe and LeBron so but you want to rank them yeah oh that's tough that's you don't tough. have to answer it <laughs> um I, I, I'm not going to answer that because I don't know if I have a strong opinion. Now, this is an argument that happens on our bus trips and, uh, you know, every – I mean, our players love talking about this and the coaches get pretty involved in it as well. Um, as far as Kobe and LeBron, I just have such a deep appreciation and respect for both. And, you know, Kobe is such a great example for our players in terms of – just how committed he was to his craft. I mean, one of the hardest workers in the history of our game, you know, how committed he was to winning and, and excellence. You know, those are some of the things, obviously his passing was so tragic. And that is when you hear his name now, you, you that, that it's so still so fresh. That's what comes to your eyes, but man, what a great example for young people that grew up idolizing him, just his commitment to excellence and excellence and attention to detail and, in, in success, I, that always just stood out to me and I had such a respect for that. And then LeBron, you know, I, I'm just amazed that at that age, at his age and for the length of time he's been doing, he's still at this level physically and mentally. 
I, it blows my mind. And another great example for our young guys and the, the power of, of how you take care of your body. You know, we're always telling our guys, you know, the power of sleeping and eating and training. And LeBron, if you do some deep digging, is as committed to that as anybody in sports, him and guys like Tom Brady. And there's a reason why they're still late in their careers performing at such a high level, defying the odds. And so, I mean, there, there's thousands of reasons that all three of the guys you mentioned are great, but those are some of the things, I mean, I'm a Michael Jordan guy that, and that goes back to my childhood, but those are some of the things that I really appreciate about LeBron and Kobe as players. And I think is really good for our guys. And then finally with LeBron, because I can't let this go, man, I, I don't care what anybody thinks about him as a basketball player, how he makes you feel when you watch him play basketball, what he's done off the court with his platform and there's so many things. I just have such an admiration and respect for that as well. So, I, yeah, I have such respect for guys like that. And I think in, in a lot of ways, those guys have been great role models for all of us. Oh, yeah, definitely uh, all legendary in their own right. And uh, with Kobe, that Mamba mentality. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, I'm, I'm an MJ person myself. But uh, anyways. That a boy's ass. Yeah, yeah. Last question. Uh, what's your all-time favorite basketball movie? Favorite basketball movie? Wow, I'm. I, there's a there's a couple that I I can't even single them out. So I'll give you. I'll just rattle off a couple that are all time to me. You know, like there's something about Hoosiers that'll always be great to me. Just the the little guy versus the big guy. Like, and it, when you're a five ten, unathletic player trying to play basketball as a kid. You know, the idea, you know, the, the, the Hoosiers thing, just this, all, the underdog things, I've always loved that. So that that was something a part of my childhood. White men can't jump. It's, it's hard to top that one. Um, it really is. I've probably seen white men can't jump 500 times. I could quote every, every, uh, every line in the movie and just, just love that. And then you know, th this goes back to maybe like middle school and high school. I, I wouldn't say I've watched this one recently, but I have a pretty special place for this, and that's Love and Basketball, which I think is an awesome movie as well. So those would be like the top three basketball movies, and I'm sure I have people that are basketball fanatics that are asking why I left out a couple of the other good ones, but th those would be top three for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, all good choices. Uh, Coach Carter comes to mind. and It's a good one. Ace Jam for, yeah, MJ. There's a there's a bunch of good ones. Uh, Above the Rim, He Got Game. I mean, these, these yeah. are all great movies, of course. There's a ton. Uh, there's there's a ton. There's a ton of good ones. But the, the the three that I mentioned would be my three favorites for sure. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spartan Speak podcast. We appreciate your support of the UNCG Alumni Channel. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And make sure to tell a friend.